Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we are going to be talking about Hanukkah. And to do that, I have brought on my good friend, Andy Blustein. Hi, Andy. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, Andy's wife, Noni, <laughs> um, did the art for, uh, Chronicles of Nania. So fact. he has been, uh, in the, the Chronicles of Nania, uh, family for a long time. By association. <laughs> By association. And now you're in it. <laughs> for real. For realsies. Hi. So I'm so excited to have you here. Um, before we get started on the main part of the episode, talking about Hanukkah, let's hear a little bit about your nanny journey. Sure. Um, so I became a nanny actually when the pandemic began. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I worked as a preschool teacher for ooh, maybe like four or five years at this point. Um, I was a lead teacher in a two-year-old classroom for a uh for um, for about a year and then I was a lead a co-lead teacher in a three to four-year-old classroom for uh, about a year as well um and then um the the pandemic began uh and um uh, one of my kids who were in my class actually um their family invited me to become a nanny at their household um, and so that is what I've been doing for the past six months. Yes, which has been so fun to like discuss it with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Navigating that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've been super helpful to me as a nanny. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate good. that. You're welcome. That's one of my <laughs> things that I really enjoy doing is helping nannies navigate it. Because it's there is no like playbook you know like right right yeah and the, and it's not you're like on your own team yes you're, you know you're it's like you're you, you don't have anyone else to like talk about that journey with unless you connect with other nannies right there's no hr department to go right to it's like <laughs> no you also have to be the hr department yeah yeah for sure so yeah it can be really really rough um but I'm so glad uh, that you are a nanny. Those kids are so lucky. 
uh, you're just a blast to be around and I love your imagination. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. You're <laughs> um, so we are going to be talking about Hanukkah today. Um, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. We're talking on the first day of Hanukkah. Um, right. This- yeah. It's the, the, it's it, it, Hanukkah is funny in that like the the Roman calendar is like confused by when to put it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like no uh, Hanukkah. So what Jewish holidays always begin when the sun goes down. Okay. Um. So like last night was theoretically is actually the first night of Hanukkah. So it's the night that you light the menorah. Right. Um. But like because it does it's not actually daytime the the calendar always puts it the day after it's actually begun which would be it is the first day of hanukkah but it technically began last night i see thank you for explaining that to me because i have been that's kind of what i figured but i have been a little bit confused about that because i saw a lot of honestly like i'm confused about it too (laughs) like (laughs) i i i always have to like remind remind myself and i even i feel i like feel like even when I went to temple like people never began it on the same day (laughs) like it wasn't just it's like a a mass confusion (laughs) everyone's like when do I start um right which is kind of nice for like if you miss it you could just be like no I was following my interpretation of the rules (laughs) right for sure yeah I mean there's definitely a lot of interpretation of rules Yes. That goes on within Judaism. For sure. Um, Yeah. So let's start with kind of just an overview of Hanukkah. So for someone who, who doesn't really understand it has, has maybe heard the term before, but it's like, I don't, I'm not really sure what that is. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the first like biggest um, misconception about Hanukkah is that it's actually like very low down in in terms of like important holidays for Jewish people for right. especially for people who are re- Jewish people who are very religious um and uh so like important holidays are like Rosh Hashanah which is the Jewish New Year Yom Kippur which is kind of like uh, a day of mourning slight correction here Andy actually talked to his bubby which is his grandmother after recording this episode and he said that Yom Kippur is actually the Jewish holiday for atonement not mourning so this is a small note that it is for atonement not mourning um Passover uh Sukkot like those are like the big Jewish holidays um but Hanukkah is interesting because well, it's not, it doesn't even show up in the Torah at all. So it's really like, uh, not (laughs) like, I guess I kind of have to like emphasize and like, as if someone who's, uh, who's uh, like a modern ultra Orthodox Jew, like does not care about Hanukkah. (laughs) I mean, they they will celebrate it of course, but like, it's not, it's, it's not like the end all be all of holidays. Yeah. It's kind of taken on like a culture, specifically in the United States more than anywhere else in the world. Although, um, again, it is celebrated all over the world. Uh, uh, it's kind of taken on a special importance. And I think that has to do with the American zeitgeist and what, and Christmas and the, uh, American Jewish experience of growing up around uh, a country that really kind of like 
I think of Christmas, yes, it is a Christian holiday, but it's also kind of like a cultural holiday within yes. the United States as well. Um, I was even actually in the preschool, I was talking to a mom who is Hindi. Um, and I was kind of like trying to navigate how to ask her like what she did celebrate um, around the holidays. Cause I, you know, I wanted to make sure at that time that I was including everyone Right. Um, every, you know, knowing who, what everybody celebrated and feeling, figuring out how to best bring that forward. Um, but even she was like, and they, you know, they just came to the United States in like the past like year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was even like, oh, maybe I might get a Christmas tree this year, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. Um, so there, I think there is like this kind of, um, strange, like pressure <laughs> right. around, uh, uh, around Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I find myself, that makes sense. It, it does make sense. And I, I find myself like, especially this year, just being like, I need the lights <laughs> and like the, sure. the pretty things of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I think um, finding a way to like celebrate during winter, is just nice. It's really important. Yeah. And you know, so my wife Noni celebrates Christmas um, and, you know, uh, she um, sent me a TikTok the other day um, of this Jewish girl whose mom, like, was like, you, you cannot have a Christmas tree in this house, like, forbid Christmas tree, be you know, they're both Jewish, right? Uh, and like, you can't have a Christmas tree. So she's the girl is an adult now and has bought her own Christmas tree. She like, went to the lot, the TikTok begins with her hiding in the Christmas tree lot, like picking one out. Uh -huh. And then she shows the Christmas tree in her house and it's all lit up and everything. And the, her mother's reaction walking into the house and seeing the Christmas tree. Um, and it's kind of like this morbid fascination mm -hmm. um, it, from, from her mom. Like it's this like my parents would like would never accept that. <laughs> right. um, although I do think actually specifically me, my parents did have a Christmas tree like one year. Um, yeah. But um, it's this kind of like, we're not supposed to have that. Why is this here? She's like, but where did the lights come from? Where did you get the tree? Like she had all these like very specific questions, <laughs> you know? And, and Noni likes to remind me that Christmas is a winter holiday more than anything else. That if you in fact even look at the history of Christmas, there are already people using the, the Christmas tree spirit and Christianity kind of adopted it because they wanted Christianity to spread. And then right. they knew they couldn't get rid of certain uh, winter celebrations without marrying the two. Yeah, um, like the winter so solstice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, I agree. And I think like, we need it, you know, like in winter, you know, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. And like yeah. in yeah. the winter, it's, it's nice to have <laughs> like warm, cozy emphasis put on like, let's light things up and be cozy and drink hot chocolate and all that. Sure. But, well, and the Jews in the desert didn't really have to worry about that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and then the other end of it is that while there is celebration that exists within Judaism, a lot of Judaism is remember that we suffered. Yes. So, uh, you know, and that is about what Hanukkah is about. It's like, hey, we survived that time. <laughs> we yeah. did it again. We're yeah. still alive. Um, and that's, a, you know, so that's a big part of kind of 
the difference in tone around this time of year is that it's really not about celebrating. Uh, it's it, it's about celebrating being alive, <laughs> right. um, not necessarily celebrating merriment. Although there is merriment within Hanukkah, yeah, just not in the same way. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I'm going to, even though I know the answers to some of these questions, I'm sure. going to pretend like I don't, yeah. um, <laughs> to be like the most, you know, cast the widest net. Um, so why is Hanukkah eight days? Why is Hanukkah eight days? So, or um, eight nights, I guess. Is it eight nights? Yeah. Eight, well, eight, eight days and eight nights. Yeah. That, so it's interesting that you asked that question first, because it's actually the answer to like the story of what Hanukkah is about. Mm -hmm. This is actually, it's the end of the story. So okay. to kind of explain why Hanukkah is eight days and eight nights, you kind of have to know the story of Hanukkah. Uh -huh. um, so the, the story of Hanukkah is that there was this king, uh, a, a Greek king, Antiochus, um, and he basically destroyed the Jewish temple um, and was like, uh, no more Judaism is going to be practiced. Um, and then he um, desecrated the temple by um, like putting up like a statue of Zeus and like sacrificing pigs, which is a big no-no in Judaism. Um, so um, they kind of invaded the temple, destroyed it, and tried to kick the Jews out. Um, so the Jews uh, organized is known as the uh, Maccabees or the Maccabi army uh, in Jewish, uh, uh, in Hebrew, I mean, uh, and uh, the Maccabees kicked the, the Greeks out of the temple. Um, hooray, we win, we, we've survived, we live another day. Um, and then in the temple itself, um, the kind of myth around Hanukkah is that there's a, a menorah that exists in the temple uh, and there it has to be remain lit the entire, it can't ever go out. So there's only enough oil um, to last one day, but miraculously the oil lasted eight nights. It like continued to burn, even though it should have only burned one uh, one day or one evening. So that is why there are eight nights of Hanukkah because the, the oil lasted as long as it did. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. I did know that story, but it was fun to hear it. <laughs> um, thank you. And uh, so what about like dreidels? Where did, where did that tradition come from? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, um, a lot of the way that it was like spun to me in Hebrew school is like, um, if you were like a kid out on the street, um, like you would, and you would play, it's a gambling game, uh, is dreidel is. And so as a kid, you would go out on the street and you would spin the dreidel and play the gambling game. Uh -huh. Um, but if you were doing that, then you were clearly Jewish. Okay. You, the, you, they had to like hide the game that they were playing of dreidel. So um, then I, to do it now is like celebration of like, we don't have to hide it anymore. Um, yes, that I, I may have just totally made that up <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to but... a degree, but that, that was kind of my um, interpretation of why we play what, you know, what it's a celebration of, of Jewish culture. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it's, I, 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 you know, I, I'm not entirely certain why, why the dreidel on Hanukkah specifically, but that, that was kind of like my sense of, of it. 
Yeah. I also really love how you started that out with the way it was spun for me and it's a dreidel. You know what I mean? Like the story was spun, but the dreidel also spun. <laughs> for it sure. Was a, it was a fun <laughs> pun. Um, wonderful. Okay. So how is it to nanny for a family, or I know that this is kind of your first holiday season as a nanny. So we can like imagine as a preschool teacher as well, like you were talking about trying to be inclusive. How sure. is it to be, you know, caretaking for children who celebrate holidays differently than you do? Um, so it's not that strange to me because uh, I grew up in a very Christian area. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, while there was a temple in my community, which when I like look back at it, it's kind of amazing that there was one at all. A lot of people who went to the temple came from outside of, of the town that I grew up in. Um, some of them did come to my high school. So I'm pretty used to being in a household with people who are celebrating Christmas. I have celebrated Christmas with many families. Yes. Yes. Um, it's particularly because, um, you know, like, um, while my family did get together on Christmas and we definitely indulged in the stereotype of having Chinese food and going to the movies on Christmas, there were times where uh, I had friends or I was dating someone uh, uh, who celebrated Christmas. So I've, uh, I'm very used to the Christmas experience. <laughs> right. And I do think that the majority of people, kind of like you were sharing earlier, the majority of people, even if they don't celebrate Christmas in, in the like religious way, celebrate, take on some of the traditions around Christmas. Um, or yes, are I would say the familiar. only exception to that rule, for at least from a Jewish perspective, it are the those who are deeply religious mm -hmm. um, and uh and, and live within kind of communities that are a little bit more insular, mm -hmm. um, which certainly exist. Right, right. And I would think that if you, I would think that a nanny who is deeply religious would probably find- Another family, a family that was deeply that, religious. Yeah. It's, it's um, yes, it's very, I would say it's pretty common. Yeah. So, um, and I would think that too. Um, sure. Um, you know, uh, I, I do think, I, 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 you know, when you're finding a family to nanny for, you know, and this was certainly something that I considered, I think it's important that you don't have to necessarily believe in the same things, but you have to have the, uh, a, make sure that you're aligned in the way you view um, kind of religion and uh, and, and the way people go about celebrating their holidays in a sense. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I do. I do. Cause I, I think that if like, even I, who, who was raised a uh, Methodist, even I would struggle, I think to nanny for like a, a very, very religious family because mm -hmm. it's just not, it's not my reality right now. Mm. Um, and so I think that I would struggle to keep up with the traditions and, you know, like, and, and that's any religion, you know, like I, I would struggle to keep up with like, and I would do my best, but I, th I think that a different nanny would probably be a better fit for that family. If, um, if 
the religious traditions were at the forefront, I think a different nanny would probably just yeah. And to be perfectly honest, like there are moments when I'm um, where I go, ooh, like I really don't believe that, but right. I, and I need to like temper my my thoughts a little bit or just make sure that my mouth stays shut in the appropriate moments you know it's it's because it's important to be respectful of what anyone believes um particularly when i think the parents are trying to um create a certain atmosphere for their children agreed yes and and with that being said um have in the past and and maybe this year, have you been able to to teach kids about Hanukkah? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, um, fortunately, I've never, um, I haven't run into a lot of resistance in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, most people that I've encountered are are open to uh, to learning about the holiday. I, I'm, I'm I, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I think so, and I think um, kids certainly are are interested in oh, for sure. For sure. other celebrations. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it, you know, the kids, our minds are still being melded or molded. So they, they don't know the difference <laughs> right? In, in one way, you know, it's, I think it's adults that put other put, um, so much meaning. Yeah. Yeah. To certain things. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've made, um, Locky is with the kids a lot. Um, I was thinking of bringing in my uh, menorah um, to share with my nanny chi- children uh, this year. Um, I know um, actually the daycare that I work for, um, the own- the owner was half Jewish. So she also brought in her menorah. She had one of those ones where um, it's uh, an electric light. So you don't actually have to light it. You oh, don't actually nice. have to use candles, which is nice. Um, and she had like a Hanukkah bear or something that like told the story of Hanukkah that she brought in that like was like a bear that like was animatronic and like spoke for three minutes, like sang songs or something. <laughs> um, Sounds like it, it borders on terrifying as any bear that sings. Right. This. <laughs> but, but could also be very cool. Um, I've uh, also, um, spinning a dreidel is a great um, fine motor skill. Um, so, uh, it's, um, especially given to young children to play, you know, people who play menorah are usually, or, uh, dreidel are usually, um, young children. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to, um, teach fine motor skills, um, especially for two to five-year-olds. Um, if they can get the dreidel to spin, then, then they're going on the right track. Yeah, a lot of a lot of especially two-year-olds uh three four can start to get it but it's hard to to because it's uh to spin uh it takes a very specific movement it does and i love like just the natural reward of like i got this thing to spin mm, you know mm-hmm. like, that's that's such a lovely cool thing of like look what i did i made this thing move in a very specific way um, I, I just um, think that that rewards kids so yeah. wonderfully. And another interesting thing, like one of the reasons I think Hanukkah is also a big part of the American zeitgeist, um, other than the fact of where it falls in the calendar year, is also kind of one of the more easily digestible holidays of all the Jewish holidays. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the easiest one to share, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think also in part because of the low religious priority to it, 
but also just like the straightforwardness of it. It's kind of like the easiest one to pull back the curtain in a lot of ways. And like I said, this year, I feel like we need Christmas in a special way. Having a holiday that's basically like we survived when we <laughs> thought it was impossible. It's a lot of our holidays are, are like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not just this one. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I think that that will be extra or that is currently extra sweet about this year of like yes. Yeah. The other thing to note is that it falls in different parts of the month each year. So because we're following the Jewish calendar which is actually like, it's like the year 5,000 something. Um, uh, so that's why, like there was one year where I celebrated Hanukkah on Thanksgiving. Oh. I think it's the only time in my life that I'll ever get to do that. And I was, oh. we, uh, we celebrated a Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Uh, Andy sent me an article before this on kind of like the, the, the takeover of, of like Christmas, how Hanukkah has now been like in some ways blended with Christmas. Um, and yeah, the name it, of the, go, oh, yeah. so just the name of the article is the story of Hanukkah, how a minor Jewish holiday was remade in the image of Christmas. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. and I have it and, in front of me. Yeah. And in it, it was talking about, or it just listed the date and it was from last year and it was like December 22nd. And I was like, Whoa, that's later. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there have been times where I've celebrated it after our new year. Um, There have been like, it it falls uh, all over the map. (laughs) It's different every year. It's always, uh, I wonder what Hanukkah is this year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. So what do you wish that those who celebrate Christmas could know about like how it is to have everything be Christmas centered when that's not what you celebrate? Just like, just helping manufacture some empathy here. I mean, this is like a a lifetime quest. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, So I don't know that I really have the answer to that, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think- I think that, um, I think as a general people of the United States, uh, I think we could all just remind ourselves that we're all different. And that like, even though you may be in one community that is heavily celebrates one holiday, doesn't mean that every community is that way. And doesn't mean that there are people within your community it doesn't mean just because the majority of your community celebrates one thing doesn't mean that everybody celebrates the thing. And to be mindful of the fact that not every, you know, I think it surprises a lot of people that <laughs> there are other people who, who don't celebrate Christmas. I can't tell you how many times someone w- has gone, you don't celebrate Christmas? Like this, this realization, like how could that happen? right how could that possibly be a thing that there is someone who exists that doesn't celebrate the thing that I celebrate um so I think there's kind of has to be this like mass realization that like there are other people in the in the country not just the world who 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 have different values than you do and that's okay (laughs) yeah yeah and Uh, I, I think that's such an important lesson to teach nanny kids mm hmm of like, that's that's one of the reasons that I, I really think like talking about 
other holidays besides Christmas is so important is because it helps them like open up to the fact that there are other people who don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I admit like even I get caught up in that trap, right? you know, where I'm like, well, all the kids celebrate Christmas. So let's just do Christmas things. (laughs) That's what, that's what they want to do, you know? But I think, but I think that even that attitude is, uh, you know, you ha- I think we, you have to work a little harder than that uh, and, and go a little out of your comfort zone to research something that maybe you don't have direct access to, which is hard, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, it, especially when you don't have any representation of that in your home or your classroom or even your community. How do you make sure that you're going about it in a way that is respectful, but also educational at the same time? Yes. And I also want to add, like, one of the reasons that I wanted to ask that question is because I I did want nannies um, who maybe do celebrate Christmas and maybe work for a family that doesn't celebrate Christmas to just keep that in mind about your nanny kids that that Andy's response of like, that's a lifelong question for me started in your childhood, Andy. And like, that's the age we're working with. And so just keeping in mind that those lessons of like, let's include everyone. For sure. And I'll even, I mean, and I hate to even bring it there yeah. <laughs> uh, because, uh, but it is a, a, a reality of life that like, I remember again, I grew up in a very Christian community and uh, I remember like, I was really excited about the fact that I was Jewish. I, you know, I, um, Jewish kids have a Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very excited about my Hebrew name, which is Nahum. Uh, and I wanted to share that with my class. And I, and, you know, I don't know if I, how much I brought it up. Apparently I brought it up a lot, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, I was made fun of as a result of it. And the response that I remember getting from my teacher was, well, maybe you should just stop talking about it and then kids won't make fun of you. Mm. As opposed to like protecting me and shielding me from that and telling the kids, well, maybe you shouldn't make fun of him because his name is different, right? So it has, it's um, the way that kids respond, uh, you know, it's important as adults to be aware of, uh, of, of kids who are different, who are in your community, who might need a little extra protection. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, if you're a nanny, like just keep that in mind that like your kids might need a little extra um, scaffolding to navigate that gracefully. And I mean, your kids either way, no matter how your kids celebrate around holidays, they probably need extra scaffolding uh, around around different traditions. Oh, and we've already, we've already discussed several of like the misconceptions about Hanukkah, the, the major one being that it's, it is equivalent to Christmas. Cause that's just not true. Um, but are there other misconceptions that you've experienced um, in your life about Hanukkah? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the pretty major one. It's like a lot of people are just like, Oh, well, I just assume this is Jewish Christmas. And it's like, no, no, it's about right. something very different. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's funny too, cause I've spent a lot of time as an educator trying to find like equivalent holidays around this time, but, and they're, they're like, 
like in Hindu, I guess the Hindi, the, the next one would be like Diwali, but like, it's really not an equivalent holiday from Christmas or Hanukkah. So it has a completely different meaning. So I think it's important to also keep and know that every culture, they're different, right? right. <laughs> they're not gonna operate around the same principles um, so, uh, you know, it, I, I find myself around the holiday time, like, just like, we're going to, we're just going to look at all holidays across the spectrum because holidays don't, even though our holiday season is centered around this time of year, um, other cultures, their holidays happen all points of all different points of the year, you know, you yeah. say like the more, um, the, for, for Judaism, the more important holidays are. Um, in the beginning of the fall and the um, like the, the, the yeah the beginning of the fall and and like the in the springtime mm-hmm. yeah which kind of makes sense because those are changing seasons and um, sure I get like Passover and Easter also tend to fall around the same time right yes they do so how can nannies who may not know about Hanukkah and and are listening to us and are like, oh yeah, you've got some good points there. I would like to learn more myself so that then I can help educate nanny kids. How can nannies learn more about Hanukkah? Um, well, you know, I, th- I think the, it's always smart to, to go and buy a book, mm-hmm. uh, find a book, um, the internet. Or get is, it from your library. Or get it from your library, of course. Um, the internet is always a great resource. Um, and, you know, and if you do have any Jewish people in your life, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it's important to ask questions, you know, yeah. to, to people, you know, as long as you're doing it in a respectful way, of course. Right. Um, but like the only way you're going to learn is by asking people. I think it's okay to ask questions about things you don't understand. Me too. And, um, and yeah, I, I completely agree about like, if you, have a Jewish person in your life, like asking them questions. But I also agree that you have to do it respectfully. And you also like, can't expect them to be like, do a little research first. Right. Absolutely. Like <laughs> you should not expect them to be your educator because yes. that's not their job. <laughs> so yeah, just like, so, yeah, you do find research first. And then if you still are confused about something. <laughs> yeah. Or if you just like, you're like, Oh, I've researched this and now I want to like talk about it with someone. I think that's great too. Yeah. And again, like I think Hanukkah is a good bridge holiday. Um, that I feel like a lot of Jewish people would be willing to bring someone into their home for a, for a night of Hanukkah if they, they really wanted, you know, I, I talked about it earlier, but like, uh, I think what I forgot to say was that like another reason why it's so easily digestible is it's really short. <laughs> right. Like all you do is um, light the menorah um, you, and you, you start with the, the shamash, which is the main candle. Uh, and then you light each for each night, you say like one to two prayers, maybe three on the first night. And, and they're like one sentence prayers right. and that's it, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and then there's a, a gift exchange, which again is a, uh, something that's evolved from American capitalism more than anything else. Um, right. and Hanukkah traditionally really only give in geld or dreidels, geld is chocolate coins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 
and you know that's pretty much it um so um whereas most holidays you're talking about like two to three hour services bare minimum <laughs> oh yeah yeah that makes a yeah. lot of sense then you know so um like uh it, it, passover and and other meals in particular there's a long service before you're allowed to eat so it's harder to invite someone over for passover than it is for hanukkah <laughs> yeah yeah um, you know because you're really if you're going to invite someone for passover they have to be prepared <laughs> you, <laughs> you have like to know what you're getting over. yourself into whereas if you're going over for a night of hanukkah it's like maybe you gotta throw on a, a yarmulke or a kippah for a moment you light a couple of candles you exchange gifts and then you know and then night is free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of food, what are some of the foods around um, Hanukkah? Um, so obviously the big one that everyone knows is latkes, which is mm -hmm. the potato pancake. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say that's delicious. probably the um, most popular one. Um, the other big one, um, and I might even say this wrong, it's a sufganiyot which mm -hmm. is a uh, jelly donut. Um, that's like the other, those are kind of the two big foods. Um, oh, and hamantashas, um, which is kind of a, uh, it's a cookie. Um, uh, actually, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hamantashas are actually associated with Purim, which is a different oh, okay. holiday. <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah, I would say that um, the sufganiyot, which is the jelly donut and, um, and latkes are kind of the two big foods associated. Nice. And do you, uh, do you have, like, is there one night, the first night and or the last night that's like, you have a big meal with it or is it just? Not necessarily. I would say that the first night is probably the most exciting night of Hanukkah, mm -hmm. generally speaking, because it's the first night, um, maybe the last night. But, you know, honestly, again, I have to emphasize that, like, is not a hugely religious holiday, but like in my household, at least like it's impossible to make sure that everybody is home every eight, you know, especially as you get older and when you become a teenager, like that everyone's going to be home for every night of Hanukkah. <laughs> right. Right. Because it's not, you know, like, so it's, it's harder to uh, kind of maintain the integrity of the holiday because of its length. Right. not just you know one night um so i think Jen, so well the nice thing is because it's eight days you can kind of pick and choose which days you want it to be important yeah. right yeah you know like it, if it falls on a friday you know if it, the seventh night happens to fall on a friday and everyone's home that night yada 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 then that's the night that you celebrate the hardest <laughs> yep yeah, that makes total sense. And I, I guess I was selfishly asking because I'm like, if I do go over to someone's house for a night of Hanukkah, what am I eating? Um, oh, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, like other than those two foods and like you, if you're going to go over someone's house, you're probably going to get the lakas. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh, you know, that would be the, um, but there are a lot of there, they take hard work <laughs> and oh, not easy okay. food to make because you have to grate potatoes and you have to grate onion too. Uh -huh. uh, so um, you might find yourself uh, grating a potato or an onion. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, wonderful. Okay. And now to one of my favorite portions of many of my podcast episodes, what books would you recommend? <laughs> 
Sure. Um, For kids. I, I, I didn't do my homework and I didn't look up books, but I, I have my first little Hanukkah pop-up book. Yes. Um, it's from that I have from my childhood. Um, but it was made in 1994 and it was bought in a Marshalls for $4.99. So I don't have a specific book recommendation, but, um, I, I would say that, you know, it depends on what you're trying to get out of it, but, uh, you know, look for a, a book that has a little bit of the history of the holiday itself, um, and, uh, explores, um, yeah, maybe not just, the dreidel aspect of it, or just, uh, unless you want a book just about dreidels, um, or a book that is, uh, yeah, the focus is more maybe like on the history and the eight nights aspect of it. Yeah. Um, And I will say, cause I did do my homework because like I said before, you don't want to just go to your Jewish friend and say, hey, explain everything to me. So I did some research as well. And I found a really good list that will be down in the show notes um, from diversebooks.org that are 10 books that celebrate Hanukkah. Um, And I'm not going to like just go through and read them because you can go look, but like they have one thing that I noticed is that they have a lot that are around different things. So like if your kid is interested in kittens then maybe beautiful yetta's hanukkah kitten is is great for your kid like and then i found a different list from this list that is um slightly less good in my opinion but one thing that i noticed about that is that there are a lot of books um like there's a curious george hanukkah book Hmm. and so if you know your kid already likes a thing right yeah i would look and see and there's a corduroy bear book and a grover's hanukkah party yeah yeah pout pout fish hanukkah book Um, actually you know the best recommendation i can give you swear to god (gasps) the best the best thing that you can do oh actually no it's a i got the wrong i'm thinking of the wrong holiday i was gonna say the Uh best uh educational experience is watching Rugrats, the Passover episode, but it's Passover, not Hanukkah. But that is uh, probably one of your more educational. Sometimes a TV show can do the trick, but not in the case of Hanukkah. That's a Passover one. Sorry, my bad. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Um, Friends does talk about Hanukkah, but right? Or is that also Passover? Oh, does Friends talk about? I mean, they, they might. I don't know. I think he... Yeah, Ross. Uh, Ross. I think Ross and Monica might be Jewish in that. Yeah, Mar- they're Gellers, right? Yes, and he wants Ben, his son, to also celebrate Hanukkah, and so he makes a Hanukkah armadillo. Right. Yeah. I'm this pretty sounds vaguely sure. familiar. But that's not appropriate to show children, so don't show them that. No. <laughs> but there's there's around ten books on this list. Um exactly 10 books because that's what it's called 10 books that celebrate Hanukkah on this list that will be in the show notes and then I would just say whatever your kid is interested in type in that thing and Hanukkah and see if there's something I would I would say the dreidel is probably like the most easily accessible thing um and then you can get like a book that explains what each symbol means on the dreidel um, that usually they'll come with it. So you buy a dreidel, buy a book about the dreidel, and then you can learn the game. And that's something that 
like I said, it's a good fine motor skill. It's a, uh, it's um, a, a fun way to connect with the holiday. That's pretty, again, easily digestible. Yeah, there's um, this one on this list called uh, Jeremy's Dreidel. At the dreidel making workshop, Jeremy's friends think he's molding a secret code into his clay dreidel, but he's really making a special gift for his father who is blind. Fascinating. Yeah, so that's like, it's a lot of things yeah. in there. Um, how will he get his friends to appreciate his special dreidel? That sounds like a delightful book. I'm going to see if the library has that. Um so yeah, I would say like, I, I find that with most things with kids, it's like exposure is the most important thing. So just sure. having the books around, I think if you're like sitting your kids down and forcing them to do anything, all the nannies that are absolutely know that that's not going to work, but yeah, get three to five books from the library and just have them around and see if your kids get curious about it get a dreidel like you spin the dreidel that'll get them that'll get buy-in right away you know like just incorporate oh yeah sure if, if you can figure out how to spin a dreidel and you you put it on the table and you spin it in front of a small child they're going to be fascinated yeah yeah and then you can just as they're working on spinning and and then they're going to look at it and go what's that because there's yeah. going to be hebrew letters on it and they're not going to know what it means so i get you got to be on your game then <laughs> yes yes so do and you can research. say oh i have this book let's look up what the symbols mean yeah Boom. there's your lesson plan you're welcome and there's your lesson plan that's <laughs> that's a morning or an afternoon mm-hmm. um, right there so yeah, I think that's great. And I, I just think that the more we expose um, kids to different ways of life, the better. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Martha, before we end, I, yeah. I have to make you do one thing. Okay, tell me. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. So, you know, there is like a bajillion ways to spell Hanukkah, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> But there is really only one, one of the reasons there are so many ways to spell Hanukkah is because of the way Hanukkah is written out in Hebrew, which is okay. pronounced Hanukkah. So my challenge for you is to try to pronounce Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> I tried. Not I tried too bad. My best. A little bit more emphasis on the ka at the end. <laughs> okay. Okay. So wait, I need more emphasis or I had too much emphasis? Yeah. Here. Hanukkah. Hanuk- Hanukkah. <laughs> With, nope. Lose the ch at the end and you've got it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say when I was texting you to set this up, I did have to look up how to spell it. Sure, because because, like, no, because there's like five different ways to spell it depending on who you talk to. Yes, yes. Because, because they, the, the big debate is like, is really like, do you put a CH at the front? Is it, do you... How many K's are at, at the end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it one K? Is it two K's? Nobody knows. Nobody does. All of mystery. Yes. I saw and, uh, a, a like alignment chart for how to spell it. So like chaotic good was spelled a certain <laughs> way. That's funny. Chaotic neutral was spelled a certain way. Um, Andy and I, just so the listeners know, Andy and I also play D&D together. Um, that is true. So we, we're talking D&D now, which is a different subject. Um, different podcast. Different podcast. Awesome. Well, we end each episode with a fun, cute story. And Andy has brought one. Oh, right. My fun story 
is <laughs> this is this is kind of a doofy thing, but um, apparently my so one day I'm playing basketball outside with one of the my nanny boy who's he's about six. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and he all of a sudden he like stops what he's doing and he just starts doing this impression. He goes, hi, my name is Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and so now it's my little inside joke with him. Apparently, uh, where I'll just go, hi, my name is Steve. I just thought it was super funny. Like he came out of nowhere. Apparently his dad had, was playing fantasy football with someone named Steve. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, um, like, his dad was not happy with, with Steve for some reason. <laughs> so so the, the, this boy had adopted a an persona of, of Steve. That's so funny. And it's Hi, it is, my name is Steve. Hi, my name is Steve. I I love what things kids pick up on. Sure. You know, and like how they then like how it processes through their brain and then comes out on the other side um, is so fascinating. Another quick good one is the yeah. girl who I, who I, who's three, four, she just turned four. Um, we bake together a lot. And when we first started baking, she would go, stir, 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 mush, 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 mush. It always made me laugh. It was really, really cute and funny. That is so cute. Stir, 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 mush, mush, mush. I love that. God, I love kids. Um, that's so lovely. And thank you for taking time uh, to talk to me today. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.